you know, so obviously you can't go for max lifts if your body isn't, doesn't have that ability to tolerate that load, that anatomical adaptation. So what the Pilates does or what I would look at is how do we then get the correct movements? Okay, so how do we move correctly? Welcome to the Bar Ben Podcast, where we talk to the smartest coaches, athletes, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today I'm talking to Owen Everard, an Irish physiotherapist and elite runner who has represented his country on the international athletic stage. He's run the mile in under four minutes and is a two-time Irish national champion at 1,500 meters. If that's not enough, he's got a PhD in biomechanics. Owen and I talk about his athletic background and how overcoming injury led him down a path to better understand sports performance for all athletes, including lifters. Where does athletic movement start breaking down and how do mobility restrictions factor in? And what can athletes actually do to start addressing those issues? While the information on this podcast isn't meant as medical advice, I hope you get a lot out of how our guest breaks down biomechanics in a really digestible and accessible way. Before we get to that, I do want to give a quick shout out to today's episode sponsor, Protect Wraps. Wrist protection is important for me personally, and as someone with wrist injuries in the past, I try and go the extra mile to protect them. Do you wear a fitness tracker when lifting? Then you've probably had to take it off for movements like maybe the bench press, kettlebell snatches, or other exercises. Well, with Protect Wraps, they're the first and only wrap for lifting, cross-training, kettlebell workouts that are designed to work around your watch while keeping both wrists and watch protected. They just launched, and you can check them out at protectwraps.com. That's P-R-O-T-E-C-H-T wraps.com. Now let's get on with the show. Owen, thanks so much for joining me today. You know, we've had a lot of different types of people on the podcast recently, and you're helping us maintain that variety. And hopefully we can get some great lessons from you for people who are into athletics of all types. I got to ask, how are you doing today? Really good, David. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast from like, you know, Tony Horton to Grammy award winners. It's, um, I don't know, big shoes to fill here. So I'm looking forward to you it. Know, Speaking of Grammys, we had Kit Wakely on, and a week and a half later, he won his first Grammy. So you might be up for you know an Oscar here. In, in, yeah, in the I haven't year. been nominated yet, but I'm hoping hoping someone in the Academy might be having a quick look, or you know, I haven't released any music, but we never <laughs> see after. But, this. but but you you will get recognized none, nonetheless. Where are you joining us from today? So I'm in a. Uh, Ireland, so Kilkenny in Ireland, so it's southeast, it's about an hour and a half south of Dublin. I've only been to Dublin, had a fantastic experience. We'll probably be going. Again. Oh, great! We'll probably be going again later this year. So you'll have to maybe we'll stick on after we're done recording. You can give me some recommendations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Lovely. It's an easy trip from New York. You know, it's like four and a half hour flight. It's not yeah, bad. Yeah, honestly, yeah, 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 yeah. About six, but yeah. Well, six on the way. Depending on on the way there, it's shorter. On the way back, it's. But it, it's crazy how big America is because I always find it crazy that like. To go from Ireland to New York is like less time than from like New York to California. Well, I would much rather go to Ireland from New York than to California from New York, just because Ireland is fun and novel for me. Whereas California, I, I have my opinions. You know what? I'm not here to piss anyone off. Let's. There's a bit of a, yeah, there is that uh, 
especially New York and California. I like the weather. I was only in San Diego one time, but I, I really like the weather there, I must say. Yeah, East Coasters and West Coasters in the U.S. We don't always see eye to eye, but you know what? Neither here nor there. Let's talk about you. Let's talk a yeah, little brilliant. bit. What, give me your, this is a, I, I don't have a better way to say this. Give me your athletic background, like the, the brief athletic history. Yeah, so I've been running, uh, doing uh, athletics for nearly 20 years now. I'm the current over 35 um, European 3K champion. Um, I've broken the four minute mile. I've ran 13.58 for 5K, ran 29.50 for 10K and then like 7.57 for 3K. So I have a nice like like range of PBs and then I've ran for Ireland at the European Senior Championships and I've ran for Ireland about 10 times between like 800 meters kind of the sprint events to 10,000 meters. Was there a moment early on in your athletics career? And we will get to, by the way, for those who are listening and they're like, wait a minute, I'm a power lifter. Why is this relevant to me? We will talk about that. I promise. <laughs> yeah. But, but focusing on, on, on you, Owen, it, was there a moment in the earlier stages of your athletics career where you realized that you had the ability to excel, call it, you know, above the norm? I was always fast, but the main the main motivation was my brother. He kind of uh, luckily, but like he trained really hard, but he he made an Irish. He got an Irish international cap when he was like 14 and I was older than him. So I was about 15 at that stage, 16. And he would just rub it in my face a lot. Just like just banter, we say here or having the crack. Yeah. So like he would he would literally come down in his Irish tracksuit for breakfast just ra- like you know six months later just randomly like eat and then not even mention anything i was like what are you doing and i was like oh yeah let's go up and change do you know or he'd always be like i'm the only international in this house so uh, i got back into it properly at like 16 and i don't know why but i was like well if killian can do it you know i feel like if if you see someone do something you're like well if he can do it i can do it so it took me a few years uh, more it took me till about like 19 to win my first international and then by that stage I had the bug of it and um I was showing quite good promise as an underage um running star so I've I've just stayed with it ever since. I love when the motivation behind extraordinary athletic achievement is spite. Because it, it's so funny, it, yeah. It, and I get on I get on with him so well. Like we're best friends but we were so competitive under it like and even then we got on unbelievably well. But if, if it was anything like any competitive endeavor, it was just it was just ridiculous. Is he still active in the running world today? No, no, no. He literally, this was, to, make, to cut a long story short, he basically, there's prov- provincial championships and then he went to a national championships. But because you're at a very young age, they just trained like a demon for like two months. And he improved from his provincial championship to the nationals. He, got, he did way better. He just had a, unbelievable run qualified for ireland and then he he plays rugby and stuff he he just he never really was into running then but he just had the international just to rub in our faces because my sister also went to the olympics so it's like but killian would always say he was the first international in the house so it's funny what is your sister was it was she is she also a runner she was yeah yeah 800 meters she went to the olympics she went to rio so what you're saying is like maybe don't play a pickup game of soccer with your family or against your family make sure they're on your team is what you're saying yeah yeah we used to like even like playing tennis and stuff you'd have to get like the adults would have to come out and supervise because we made like 
too many kids our own age cry just because we shouting at you know if they gave him a call he'd be you know you just give him a call or something it was just it was getting it's an embarrassing thing to look back at but uh yeah it's embarrassing but it also kind of makes you smile a little bit i can tell yeah it's funny like you know i i like it i like it as well it's it's like i it's it's just reminiscing it's good and i like how these things even well into adulthood we still remember we're like remember that day on the playground where i really showed yeah, and you're just like oh god what was in the headspace they're at like but yeah, i really showed all the other so kids funny. what was what you know <laughs> i really yeah 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 i laid down the law <laughs> well you you are a very accomplished runner to this day and still a very active runner to this day but something uh, i mean the real and that might be reason enough for us to have a chat but the real reason you're on this podcast is because you're accomplished in helping other people maintain achieve and support athletic performance and i would love to talk about how that part of your career what was the genesis of that part of your career and you know how did that evolve kind of in tandem with your own athletic pursuits yeah so obviously because uh, you're into athletics which is a hard word to say for an irish guy with the th um, <laughs> I, we can so, we can figure out we'll just say running for that for if that no, yeah, yeah, yeah sports yeah. sports um yeah, yeah. Uh, so i was always into sports and activity and running. So I, I became like a physical therapist, like a physio, it's called a chartered physiotherapist here. And then just very interested in like, obviously all aspects. So like strength training and, and Pilates as Pilates instructor. And then in my late twenties, I started getting a few injuries. So I really started doubling down on some of the things that I didn't like, or I didn't think were relevant in Pilates and started developing like a sports Pilates. And then I also like if I gave someone like a rehabilitation program to do, I like they come back and they might be doing it incorrectly. So I always was like in my head, God, it'd be great if they had like a piece of equipment that could give people could could essentially give people the feedback that I'm seeing, you know, so I came up with the back wearables and I'm cur currently working on those. So that was kind of how it how it developed. I was a physio really got into the movement side of things. I have a PhD in biomechanics. And then from that started like developing like uh, sports Pilates programs. And from that, wanted to make sure people are doing it correctly. So develop the back wearabouts. You know, I you talked about how your brother casually wore his Irish his his Irish uniform, yeah. the Ireland uniform to breakfast. You could just maybe like hang your PhD diploma around your neck at the next family gathering or something. I'm way more modest than him. You know what? He has just a certain charm to get away with it. I just don't have that charm. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> well, to, Wear my little hat. To American audiences, you do. Because because anything is charming. Anything is, is charming to us. Yeah, relatively. the Irish accent does get you out of uh, trouble <laughs> what, in different countries. Next time you come to the US, we're going to hang out. Because I'm pretty sure I, we could get away with, with most things with you. We could get speeding tickets. We could get, you know, make... We could get raucous in public, and and you could charm whichever police officer you needed to with that accent. Well, my, I have friends who are who are on scholarship for running in America, and we were actually saying that that like the word we have words here. You know, in different cultures, they'll have words that are not words where they are. So, like we like having the crack or banter are are like it, exactly like that, like on an on an edge if perceived wrongly could be like insulting or get yourself in trouble but when you say oh i'm only having banter or i'm only having the crack it kind of diffuses a, a situation so it's funny it's it's like did and we were just saying that like in america they don't have an equivalent term to that 
so it, it is it's just as you said it's i think you get away with things because you're like the fact that we have a term or two terms for that over in ireland and the uk i think it shows that you can probably get away with a little bit more or you've been practicing getting away with it that you needed to come up with terms for that that's i will say we're getting i don't want to get too much off topic but that's one reason i love visiting dublin is because i am the one who always gets in trouble for giving my friends we call it giving grief here but it's not really as uh, it's not really the same concept here yeah do you know what i mean yeah, yeah and and i'm always the one who pushes things too far and everyone's like just get off my back you know and it's like no for me it's yeah. affection it's how i express affection Right. Yeah, because like that's perfect. If you did that, you'd be like, "Man, I'm only having, I'm only having banter. I'm only having the banter, or I'm having banter, or look, it's just a bit of crack." And they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, right." You know that way. So, well, okay, back to back to the topic at hand. Because we could we could talk about this all day. No, we could banter all day about this. You know, why do, is what you do relevant to, for example, someone who is active in the strength community? Because your experience, you know, you've worked with hundreds and hundreds of folks who are not yeah. just runners and what are some of the lessons let's dive into some of the lessons that you think are relevant to the listenership for this podcast which tends to be a lot of very passionate strength athletes aspirational strength athletes people who like lifting weights yeah so the main thing i think there's two things i think would really benefit the first is i call it like the well, Alvar Mail, he was the strength conditioning coach for Chicago Bulls. And then um, I can't remember what American football team, but they won. So he's the only coach that's won the the NBA and the NFL. And he has a hierarchy of development, which would be essentially like good movement patterns at the base. Then you're going to develop max strength. Then obviously power can be broken into like strength speed exercises, which are much more like your powerlifting type base um or your olympic lifts and then yeah, speed I, strength i would just yeah i would just clarify it's it's probably more the olympic lifts than the power lifts powerlifting no and, sorry yeah olympic yeah, lifts. Powerlifting, power lifts are going to be in the max strength yeah sorry. powerlifting and weightlifting should really swap names they should just yeah they should really they, yeah they, yeah because it should be like yeah because it's obviously your your deadlift your squat and your your bench it's like very like max lift it's funny it is called power lifting but sorry so we'll talk power which would be the olympic lifts or like heavy sleds then you go speed strength, which will be like lighter sleds, uh, lighter jumps or loads, then into kind of plyometrics, which isn't as important for a power lifter, and then into speed. But you want to, developing that strength effectively is important that it's on, um, oh, sorry, there's one layer between that. So it goes movement, then it goes work capacity, which is essentially the ability to tolerate load. You know, so obviously you can't go for max lifts if your body isn't, uh, doesn't have that like ability to tolerate that load, that anatomical adaptation. So what the Pilates does or what I would look at is how do we how do we then get the correct movements? OK, so how do we move correctly? There's essentially three elements that are really, really important for people to do. So it's either a mobility issue. It's either like a stability or an activation issue. Or it's a motor control. It's like a technique element. Okay. And there's then ways that you can try work on each of these. It can sometimes be anatomical, which you can't change. Like uh, if someone's femurs are longer, it's just going to be much harder for them to like squat deep. You know, there's like, you'll, you'll if you look at all the elite power lifters or even the Olympic lifters, they all have a certain dy 
dimensions, but we can be as good as we can by correcting the rest. So if we looked at, say, like the Pilates are looking at how do we improve that movement base, there's only three things that we need to improve. There's the mobility, there's stability, or there's motor control. Now, mobility can be three different elements. It can either be tightness in the like the muscle, the muscles or the tendons, the muscular tendon junctions. So it's essentially like the sarcomeres, like the, mu the muscle fibers are shortened. Okay, so how you improve that will be like your static stretching. The key ones I would mention here is just make sure you never have that the muscle shaking if you're doing like a static stretch. The muscle shaking, there's these things called muscle spindles in them. And if you if you stretch too quickly and too fast or too quickly and too far, you activate the muscle spindles, which that shaking is basically the muscle will want to contract back. So you need to first go have no stretch on the muscle, move to where you feel the stretch for the first time, hold there for 10 seconds to allow the muscle to relax. Take a breath then breathe out and move a little bit further into the stretch. The second way you can improve like shortened muscles is what we call active isolated stretching. So I know your audience, Dave, David, are like uh, quite technical, so we can go quite technical here. Mm -hmm. Active isolated stretching works on this thing called reciprocal inhibition. And what that means is, it, like if I was doing a bicep curl, as the bicep is contracting, there's a, there's a neurological signal sent to the tricep to relax off. Obviously, it's just, it just makes it easier. You like, you wouldn't want the quads, like, you know, opposite muscles contracting, which just makes the movement so much harder. Right. So we can use that to our advantage when we're stretching. And the way you would do that is you would, like, we generally do these, say, lying down. Like, so say, imagine if you're doing like a hamstring stretch, for example, what you do is you would bring your own leg up. That would activate, so activating the quad, say, or say if we're in a 1990 lying on the ground and we're going to kick the leg out to stretch the hamstring and then we can have a rope and just give it a little bit of an extra stretch. And we'll do that for like kick out for two seconds, pull it a little bit further for one second and then drop it back down a little bit. Then kick out again for one, two, give it a little bit of an extra push with the, the rope into a bit more of a stretch, drop back down. And we'll do that 15 times at like a two to three seconds, which is going to be, say, a 30 to 45 second stretch. And we can do that for any muscle, say if it's for our calves that we want to try and improve ankle mobility. Well, we just lie on the ground, we pull the toes towards the shins, and then we have a little rope or a band, and we just pull uh, the the toes towards our, our, um, our shin in a little bit more as a little bit of resistance. But the key is that we are constantly pulling our own toes like the the muscles on the front of the foot are contracting and with recipro reciprocal inhibition that causes a relaxation then of the opposite muscle and as i said we need to do that 15 times the last way to improve the muscle length is a thing called pnf i don't know why it's called pnf it's basically like active isolate stretch or isometric stretching and how that works is if you contract a muscle Immediately following a, con a contraction, there's a relaxation. So if we get into a stretch, someone holds it, and we push up for like say six seconds at fifty percent stretch or fifty percent contraction, then we relax, we breathe out. The person moves the leg into a a, a 
deeper position to stretch again not overly stretching any shaking would be way too hard just to be feel a stretch they hold it there between 7 and 15 seconds if when you contract and you relax and you get this big increase of range of motion hold the stretch for only like 7 if there's not much of a increase in the range of motion the you just hold just you can hold a stretch longer the contract relax isn't working really so that is the first element of mobility and those are okay. the three the three main ways that we can improve mobility when it comes to muscle muscle length, muscle length. okay got muscle it. length that's your classic you know your traditional ways it's either static stretching uh active isolate stretching which it might cause you're activating the muscle you're getting that little bit of movement or mm. pnf stretching got it now the key thing here is that you probably won't know. So say if you're having like issues in your squat or issues in your deadlift, say squat your your ankles, try one of these and then just do the squat again and see how it feels. Or say if you're deadlift, you're not like really getting into that hinge position. Um, Try like some of these hamstring, like try a PNF on your hamstring and then check it again. Or try, you know, the active isolated stretching line in your back, kicking out your leg. Because everyone's going to have a different response to each of these modes of stretching. Yeah, depend, depend exactly. You're going to have different responses and it mightn't be a muscle length issue. Because the second reason can be like trigger points, which are essentially knots in the muscle. Now, if you can imagine, if you have a knot, if, if, you, if you put a knot in a, a band and you stretch the band, the knot's not... The, the bit that's going to get stretched is the bit that was normal and is going to be overstretched and the knot is going to remain. So in that case, you want to foam roll and, and release. And again, it's just causing that like, look, some of these are just theories, but is that neurological release or it's the like releasing of that trigger point? That's the theory behind it. So you're releasing off the trigger points, which gives you a window then to move more freely. Mm. So generally, if you're going to try like stretching or foam rolling, we would always recommend do the foam rolling first, because if they are essentially like trigger points or knots in the muscle, uh, we want to release them and then we move. And then again, if someone's new to it, just remember if it causes like referred pain or shooting pain or it starts twitching, that's perfectly natural. Actually, that's probably going to give you a really big release. And that's okay, what so the foam rolling or the trigger point release. That's not, that's not the with the stretching. Ball. If we no, shake, no. if we shake or we feel that pain during stretching, that's bad. That's bad. You've stretched too far. So with the foam rolling or the stretch, sometimes I've had people who've had hamstring strains, not hamstring strains, like hamstring pain or tied around the hips, and we'll we'll get them to like hockey ball, like lacrosse ball, into the side of the glute med, into the piriformis in the middle of their bum. Like I always bring my hockey, we have a hockey ball here, but I always bring the lacrosse ball to bed. I sit on it, like I lie on it every night, foot turned out slightly in the middle of my bum, hitting that piriformis, just releasing that off. So that's the second reason. So it can be like, and again, all these things are just like test, retest. You have a quick squat, maybe you like, or a quick deadlift. Maybe you try foam roll around the hips or hockey ball around the hips or use a hockey ball into the or a lacrosse ball into the hamstring, into the glutes. To be fair, like anyone who's powerlifting, generally they're going to have a lot denser muscle. The foam roller is probably not going to do too much. I would recommend like more of a lacrosse ball there, even for calves, even for, especially for hamstrings, because it can be hard to get that. Um, you're better off like uh, sitting on a hard surface with a, 
a hockey ball. And there's one other technique you can do with that is where you feel this, the pain, hold on that spot and then move the muscle. So like imagine you have it on your calf, hold on that area and then rotate the ankle. And that will essentially allow the, it's called specific soft tissue mobilization or over in America, AORT, active release techniques, they, like, you know, it's pin and stretch essentially. So it's pinning the muscle and then moving that muscle to try to get it all going. Okay, same if you were, say, sitting, you might have the hockey ball on your, or lacrosse ball underneath your hamstring to where it's sore and then just kick out the leg or back in the leg just to try, like, get get that tissue moving again under attention. And then lastly, it could be a joint mobility issue. Okay, so the muscle might be fine. So the reason you might be moving great is that the ankle joint is restricted, the hip is restricted. Generally, there's a thing called a joint-by-joint approach to the body. Every joint has basically either is predominantly mobile or predominantly stable. So like your arch should be predominantly stable. That's why the fault we hear about a lot is like flat arches. Your ankle should be primarily mobile. That's where if people have to turn out their feet or they can't really move through the ankle, that's the issue. Knees should be predominantly stable, should be a hinge joint, should just flex and extend. We don't want to see that valgus, that buckling in of the knee. Hip is a ball and socket joint. It should be mobile. Lower back should be stable. You know, that's why we want core stability. Upper back should be mobile. So we should be able to extend out of that position. Shoulder blade should be stable. Shoulder joint should be mobile. Okay, so every second joint. So when we're, we're targeting joints, you'll be 90 to 95% correct. If, at the, if you target ankle mobility, hip mobility, like thoracic spine, upper back mobility shoulder mobility okay so again how you do that is with the at the ankle um let me know if this is too technical because it's it is on just a podcast but it, it, on, yeah go, go for it go on, Give, sorry, yeah. let, let's just focus on the ankle as one potential example here okay the key thing with any joint is you got to move it through the range 30 times if you just 30 times the, 30 times is that what the clinical like the clinical yeah, research yeah. suggests 30 so times it's all it's all based on like um, Mulligan's mobilizations. That's like uh, Brian Mulligan was the main guy. So physio or physical therapy, it's it's like movement of it 30 times is the kind of clinical recommendations. The key thing, say if you're doing um, your ankle and it, what I can do is I can do a video up um, quickly and we'll just put it in the show notes if people want so we can have a couple of videos of this. You can just shoot it to me after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll actually just make it. I'll just have to, I'll record one. Um, so say if we take a dowel or like a broom handle, put that on the outside of your uh, small toe. And then you bring your knee to the outside of that broom handle. Now, there's two techniques you need. Oh, you never come to the inside of that because you'll have a tendency to buckle at your knee or flatten your arch. If you bring your knee to the outside of that, you'll just like if people do it, they'll see that the arch naturally like holds itself in a better position. and the knee will stay in that straight line. So you're isolating the, the ankle joint then. And we just come to the range, let's call it grade three. If you come to where you feel it won't move, push into that and come back off and just repeat that, say, 30 times. You could do two by 15. The other more aggressive way is you'd hold the heel down, go to where you feel it can't move, and then just pulse through that zone. And that's called a grade four. 
Okay, so they're the two things we have. And we just want to make sure that we hit it 30 times. Other things you can do at the ankle is like just drawing the numbers 1 to 10, back down from 10 to 0, back up to 1 to 10. Heel drops, heel raises. Again, it's not the strength here. It's like we're just trying to move the joint more than we do, used to have. So there are the three reasons I said if it's a mobility issue that's causing poor movement. It's either tightness in the muscle that's done with PNF, static stretching, or active isolated stretching. It's either trigger points in the muscle, which you'll get with like a lacrosse ball or a foam roller, or it's either joint mobility, and you want it move to the barrier 30 times. That That's the key thing, to keep hitting that barrier back to the what's called the anatomical range. Yeah, and then, then it'll be a stability issue, which is an activation thing, or it will be a motor control, which we can just talk about now if you want. Well, we're actually, with that, Owen, we're kind of actually coming up toward the end of our time here. So oh God, I went so quick. It's, it's, I know, it just goes in a flash. But what I really like is you laid out those three main potential issues or hindrances on mobility and described them. And I actually, when it comes to motor control, I think that could be a different podcast. We're going to have to have you on again. But my last question for you, and I appreciate you laying that out, is my last question for you is, do you have difficulty convincing strength athletes that a running specialist and competitive runner knows what he's talking about, you know, even with your PhD, when it comes to their movement patterns? Movement patterns, no, because I think if you respect the sport, the way like I don't, I never would uh, tell a powerlifter how to change their technique. Mm, mm -hmm. My thing as well is like, it's like with running technique. It's like, you'll, my thing is like, I'll try to give you the building blocks so that when you're trying to coach the correct technique or like, you know, like that super arch in the back, obviously outside of powerlifting, like if I'm working with people for sport, I never recommend that technique for the press up. You know, like like the super arch is just trying to like you're trying to reduce the range of motion so you don't have to go down as far um, to to finish off the the bench press. But I think if you stay within your your zone, I'm not here telling people like, here's the technique you need for your squat. Here's the technique for your deadlift. Here's the here's the way, best way to increase your your bench press. You've had loads of other experts who are great at that. What I look at is movement capabilities and why someone mightn't be able to move and yeah i'd love i'd love to talk about the activation or, and the motor control some other time i could really the motor control are two things external assistance so you practice it and there's a thing called rnt um if you want to look that up that there are two ways to fix a technique problem Amazing. Well, Owen, I really appreciate it. We're going to have to have you on again. Uh, you, you set yourself up beautifully for like a part one and a part two. Maybe yeah, I love that. Three. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so you make my job easy as far as as far as far sourcing podcast guests. I appreciate it. Where are the best places for people to follow along with you and your work uh, even beyond this recording? Yeah, I, if you want, I have a book. It's called How to Get to the Line in the Best Shape Possible. It's just some articles I've written for local newspapers here in Ireland. So you can get that at Everard Pilates. That's E-V-E-R-A-R-D, Pilates, P-I-L-A-T-E-S dot com forward slash book. Amazing. Thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Looking forward to doing it again. Thanks, Dave. Thanks so much.